episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on December the 1st, 2020. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, to take over the world... <laughs> Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played this week. Kerbal Space Program Update 1.11 lets players fix their ships in the field. Epic adds a subscription service to Fortnite. Marvel's Avengers still hasn't recouped its development costs. FIFA 21 is old gen on the PC because EA did not want to raise its PC system requirements. We'll have a Steam Discovery queue and timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. What's up? Uh, not much. I mean, we haven't been talking at all, so. Right. Definitely not. We haven't been talking for about an hour. Yeah. Definitely no sorry, Bob. No, I'm definitely not sitting here uh, on Netflix thinking, boy, it's like a walk Christmas now that it's December. Indeed. December well, the 1st. Well, at least they waited till December 1st to put out all their Christmas shit this year. Good for them for having that self-control, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a Christmas movie, Christmas show, Christmas mm-hmm. music kind of guy. Yeah, I, I could play a bit of it but that's about it you know then it gets old quickly but i think yeah. it's it suffers from the same problems that jazz does a lot of times where especially christmas music it's the same standard songs over and over and over again and occasionally you'll have a new one introduced into the mix but then you just start getting covers of that one over and over again but it's not even like jazz where people are riffing off of it and doing their own thing with it it's the same fucking song. <laughs> Don't make me beat you with my cane. <laughs> hurt me, Daddy. Hurt me. Well, um, now I'm not going to. <laughs> I um, Jonathan Young's uh, metal cover of that is pretty pretty okay. Uh, like once, yeah. But yeah, I'm just, I'm yeah. Not, actually, uh, I, I found uh, Twisted Sister has a couple metal uh, uh, Christmas songs that are quite amusing. But you know, I can't sit and listen to them on loop. I mean, hell, went to the store uh, Saturday and they were already blaring Christmas music. And honestly, I don't see how people in retail don't snap. Uh, we do that, between between that and just uh, people being shitty to them. Yeah, we do. I uh, I worked in retail for for several years while mm-hmm. I was in college and it, it like in October like late October or early November every year Christmas music on loop for hours every day partly I mean you kind of learn to just tune it out I think mm-hmm. I think that's how you avoid snapping at yeah, the music uh, th- yeah that's uh, what Adita does with Baby Shark uh, she uh, she deals with middle schooler so right yeah. But I mean, I I learned to tune. And it I'm out sorry for anyone quickly. out there. Oh, it's in my head now. After you said it, I've heard it a kajillion times because of my child. But yeah, I mean, you learn to tune, tune Christmas music out, and then the customers you like walk behind them and make stabbing mm-hmm. motions with power tools. At least that's you know I worked in at Lowe's, so I had power tools around, and for the really shitty customers, you just imagine mm-hmm. 
stabbing them to death with power tools repeatedly. Uh, look, look at that pallet of law. It's like, oh, you know, they would never find your body. Oh, God. I mean, we had like industrial like chemicals and stuff in the back. <laughs> like I could put them in a vat of acid. No one would know. <laughs> Except for whoever's watching the security system, because the only place that you that you could be in the store and not be on cameras was in the bathroom, and I'm sure they tried to put cameras in the bathroom too. Of course they did. But yeah, I mean, anyone who's ever worked in retail for any amount of time has got some stories to tell, and I certainly have a few. I might have even told a couple of them on the show. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, but I Anita worked worked at uh, Kroger, so uh, she hates uh, certain people. Yeah. Although, honestly, every once in a while, I sometimes wish that I still just had that kind of job. Because mm-hmm. there were tons and tons of problems. But I knew every day when I went to work, it didn't fucking matter what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, it just didn't matter. Like, I was there, you know, as a, a body on the floor until my time to go home came. And that was it. And that can certainly be soul crushing, but there are plenty of days when I have so much shit to do and, like, it all matters because I'm dealing with people's lives every day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I wish that I was just, like, standing behind the counter at Lowe's for four hours today and then going home. But I don't, I don't, the best, I think the best job I ever had was when I worked at a shipping warehouse. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the shipping guy. And I've talked about this job on here before, too. But, like, if that job had paid better or had benefits, I might have just stayed there. Because I was all by myself, all day, every day. I could listen to music and podcasts and nobody give a shit. And the stuff came down the conveyor belts. Oh. Uh, I think Craig just dropped. Craig did just drop. No, Craig, come back. No. But, and the shit just came down the conveyor belt, and that was all I had to deal with every day. And it was nice. Yeah, I would say my best and my worst were the same job, which was freelance writer. Because, who when it was good, it was really good. When it was bad, oh, damn, it was shitty. Yeah. I think Craig is broken. He's not coming back. Oh, oh. there he is. We're sorry, Craig. Yeah, we're sorry, Craig. Talking about our shitty retail jobs. <laughs> well, uh, mine was uh, not really retail. Uh, intellectual property. I don't know what the proper field would be. Right. I, I mean, at times it went a little bit into marketing, which that is soul crushing. Especially when... Uh, oh, thank you, Craig. <laughs> Took him a minute. Yeah. Uh, that was soul crushing. Whatever you would be given certain requirements uh, for SEO and have to hit this target, hit this target, this target. It's like, okay, now write something coherent while using this particular phrase three times in the first paragraph, and the phrase would be like five or six words long. And it's like, okay, how am I supposed to put this in here and have it seem organic, right? Right. And this was, you know, early SEO as well, where yeah, uh, the bots were pretty dumb, so you were able to really game the system pretty easily. And nowadays, you know, if uh, you'd used anything like that technique, it would just, you know, uh, boot it immediately. But that's also why whenever you go to, like, especially cooking websites are the worst for this, uh, or at least the worst I've noticed, is uh, you'll look up a recipe and, you know, you have an entire, like, 3,000-word blog post. Oh, my God. Yes, I that's hate why. that. That's why. That's why I actually use a program. Well, I have a add-on on uh, Chrome as well that just pops up the recipe. But if it's one that I'm going to use more than once or twice, I'll just add it to a personal cookbook. And you know, 
it saves a link to it in case I need it. Uh, but I have a personal copy. And uh, and it syncs between my phone, my tablet, and my computer. Yeah. I I always just, whenever I have to look up a recipe, I always just scroll to the bottom. Because that's mm-hmm. where the actual recipe is. Just straight to the bottom. I've I've got an, a, it's an app or a Chrome. It's not a Chrome extension. I have an app on my phone that, um, like, preloads stuff. Mm-hmm. Or is supposed to preload just like the actual recipe. Yeah. It doesn't work half the time. So, yeah, you know, that's part of the reason why I started using Paprika. Uh, that's the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to buy it separately on each platform you're using. But thankfully, my Kindle has been sideloaded with uh, Google Play. Mm-hmm. So uh, that counts as one, and my computer counts as one. And it has free syncing uh, between the two. So, you know, just save it, and then there's, yeah, I have it everywhere. Yeah. Fuck cooking websites, though, for doing that. <laughs> I get it. I 100% get it. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're getting that SEO, you mm-hmm. know, getting them, trying to get them clicks. Yeah. But fuck them. Yeah, but the thing is also, you know, a lot of the, uh, the recipes on those sites suck. That's why I've been leaning more in my cookbooks. And I found another site that is essentially an indexing system for cookbooks. It has a subscription mm-hmm. service some, that, you know, buying once a year. But it's made it a hell of a lot easier to find shit because I may have have, you know, a few cookbooks. Yeah. So uh, should we actually get back on topic and talk about games? Did we even start on topic? I don't think we did. But yeah, we can go talk uh, about well, games. Well, we started on topic by actually starting the show. Technically, okay. that is on topic. Fair, fair enough. So, All right, let's uh, go talk about so, the, the one game we each played this week. Yeah, so time for another mini game club. This is becoming kind of a theme, yo. I say, hey, I found this game on Game Pass that was kind of fun. Yeah, it has co-op and everything. It's, uh, I had a lot of fun. Hey, okay, let's play that instead of Crusader Kings. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I like Crusader Kings. I, it's going to be there for us, though, for a while at least. So yeah. I'm all down for trying new stuff, too. So Yeah, so we both played Streets of Rogue. So this is, I would say, kind of the bastard child of a roguelite. Uh, Streets of Rage, of course, but I would actually throw in some River City Ransom into this as well, where it has kind of a, a little bit of an RPG aspect, uh, a lot of random generation through the roguelite, but also it's kind of set in a similar uh, universe to Streets of Rage, where the mayor has basically gone power mad in the city, and uh, you know you are a bunch of rebels trying to take them out. And it came up on Game Pass so fairly recently, in the last few weeks. And I intended to play it, but you know, just uh, didn't get a chance to until this past week. And I found it very interesting on some of the things it does, uh, particularly how it handles its progression system. Yeah, so you certainly have, in general, more experience with roguelites and roguelikes and all that jazz than I do. I don't typically go for this kind of game, and I don't know if I would play it or enjoy it by myself, but the the way that it handles co-op, I quite like, and it's a, an enjoyable experience with good humor. Yeah, it is very silly and over the top. So uh, the, the way it works is that there's 15 levels for the dungeon, but in, in, in world, you're starting off in the slums, assuming you don't skip ahead. 
And the idea is you're trying to get up to the mayor's office and take him out. And depending on your actions along the way, you may usurp him and take over his job. You may just assassinate him. And it really depends. Oh, is that the whole thing about your stat for, like, electability or whatever as you go along? Yeah. Okay, That's why you don't want to just kill everyone. I I want to just kill everyone. (laughs) I don't care. So every level, instead of a dungeon, it's essentially like a randomly generated small town. And you have between three and five missions, plus additional side missions you can pick up along the way. And there's one mission that you have to do on the uh, on that level. And then you can do additional missions for additional rewards. And the reward pool is your progression. So uh, as you complete more of the game, you earn chicken nuggets as yeah, your currency. Yeah, the best premium currency, chicken nuggets. And you trade those in at the home base for additional perks that get you up in the pool and additional rewards from missions. But you can also remove ones you don't like. So if you're planning on playing like a melee-focused character, like mm, the gorilla, which is one of the first unlockable characters that you could really get. Which is an actual gorilla, not like a gorilla fighter. It's not like wordplay. It's, It's a gorilla. It's a gorilla, and it gets a perk that it gets bonus health from bananas. Uh, you can remove all, assuming you have enough progression. You have have a certain number of uh, perks and items in the in the pool, but you could tweak things so that okay, well, you're not going to get uh, guns anymore because the gorilla has stubby fingers and can't use a, a gun. You'll get drone weapons. You'll get melee weapons. That sort of thing. That's more useful to that class or vice versa. And you could really tailor it. And I found that really interesting and actually kind of unique for this game. I haven't seen a, another uh, roguelite that tailors the, or allows you to tailor your random generation to this degree. And on top of that, there's a very robust character creation uh, system. No, neither of us really played with uh, on Sunday where you could tailor build a character Using all the unlocked stuff that you have. And as you progress. So you could uh, make a character that's a bit more badass. You could make one that has, uh, that has a particular weakness to try to make things tougher. And you have, uh, uh, 16 slots for that alone on top of all the pre-made classes. And you can mix and match, uh, portions of the pre-made classes into custom classes. So. If you want to have it where, you know, you have like a mixture of the soldier and the doctor, you could actually do that to some degree. I'm not 100% sure just how rope or yeah, what they do to try to prevent, you know, just getting an overpowered character or if that's part of the fun of it. Because honestly, for some roguelites, that is part of the fun. It's just getting this super powerful combination and just going nuts. Right. I mean, that's I just in general part of the fun of a lot of games, mm-hmm. not just roguelites, but... Yeah, I, I like all the characters. I only really glanced at a few of them, and then I I played the bum, which starts with alcohol, uh, which is a healing item, and then I played the soldier, which starts with uh, a gun, some grenades, armor, um, uh, yeah, more landmines. Melee, uh, more combat focused. And then they regenerate health if they're below 20 health. But then there's other classes that are more... Uh, stealth based 
which for some particular uh, objectives in the game are more useful. Like uh, one of the items that you have unlocked pretty early is the cardboard box, which is essentially the cardboard box out of the Metal Gear series. You yeah. hide under it, and as long as you're not moving or get bumped, uh, the AI will completely ignore you as long as they don't see you moving. Uh, and then there's wacky stuff like uh, you got a Ghostbuster, which is essentially the Ghostbuster proton gun. Yep, which but, doesn't do anything against humans except make them mad. Yeah, yeah, but if you use it on ghosts, you kill them. And and if you summon a ghost back, destroying enough tombstones, uh, that's the only way to kill them, it seems. But then there's a reason to destroy tombstones, because that also unlocks a character. And yeah, it, it's actually a hell of a lot of fun. I would say that in some ways it's easier, in some ways it's tougher in co-op, because it's easier that you could plan out uh, certain things. Like some missions might have it where you have to hit three to five uh, switches in uh, quick succession. And it's a lot easier to get someone on the other end of the, of the, uh, of the path and work your way back. Yeah. Uh, uh, because there's sometimes that there'll be a trap that will slow things down or, you know, you might have to deal with guards or that sort of thing. Uh, but then there's just the random chaos that happens uh, on top of just a second player. But, you know, uh, it's kind of this mini living, breathing village because you'll have thieves that will run around and steal from people, which could cause fights. You could have opposing gangs come and uh, fight one another. It's, yeah, it's a gang just war. Call, yeah, it starts a gang war and then the police jump in and cause just this massive fight in the middle of the uh, of town. Uh, which could, which was all really helpful every time that sort of thing happened, because it's like, oh, chaos, and it could draw out the guards for the various uh, locations that we needed to get into and do something, or from the shops, and get them killed, and, you, you know, free loot. Although you also can get caught in the middle. Yeah. There were the cannibals. The cannibals were hilarious. They attack mm-hmm. you on sight because they want to eat you. Yeah, but there's also a park that you could get where the cannibals actually like you. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, there's also disasters, so these seem to be random. And there's a pool of, like, ten or so. We had a couple pop-up. We had the riot. We had radiation. But uh, playing by myself, I had a killer robot that chased me that uh, caught me at a really bad time when I was low health and, you know, just killed me pretty much instantly. We uh, had but, um, the one that did, like, random status effects, and they were all positive effects, but they uh, no, randomly th- affected every single. No, no they, were, they they weren't all positive. They they were. I thought they were all positive. The uh, things like dizzy, slow, uh, that those were not positive. They they were detrimental, but they were not you know terrible. So there right. were negative ones, but it felt pretty even on just uh uh what uh effects hit a positive or a negative. Yeah. But there was the giant one was fun because you could smash out of the edge of the level, and then the healing one that would heal you every second. Mm-hmm. Those were uh, yeah regen. But because they affected everyone, not just us, they also affected the NPCs. Yeah, we uh, lost a mission on that one because we had an invincible NPC basically blocking a doorway. Yeah, that we couldn't kill for like ten seconds. Uh, uh, the uh, the regens or the status effects basically got reshuffled on. Everyone, every 10 seconds. <laughs> and it yeah. made for a lot of chaos. While also trying to plan out, okay, well, uh, we have a couple seconds left. I have Desi on, so 
all my controls are backwards, you know, downs up, <laughs> right? Yeah. And just trying to plot that out. But, but uh, it, yeah, it uh, overall, it felt like the difficulty was pretty low uh, for the most part. Uh, but I think the random uh, uh, randomness of, like, mutators and that sort of thing definitely would uh, throw into throw a wrench into things. I think we got a bit of our halfway on our second r- attempt. Yeah, our first attempt got fucked up pretty bad. And that was, I think, mostly my fault because I didn't know quite what I was doing yet. And then I, I I picked the soldier class the next time, so I would have better starting equipment. And we got a lot farther. Um, so you can also get followers, which I don't think either of us did. But it looks like there are some builds that are really focused around recruiting followers. Um, and it, that's just the, the regular NPCs. And there's some people you can just, like, straight up hire. And there's some that you can, like, give stuff to and they'll follow you. <coughs> Freeing certain prisoners, they'll follow you or have a chance to follow you. Um, and it's basically, you know, they're NPCs that are, are just like us, except I think when they, they die, you can't revive them, whereas we could revive each other. Um, you could pay money to fully revive someone, or you could share half of your health with them. And we both played as soldier, so I suppose as long as we were careful, we could have technically revived each other forever. Yeah. Because we would each have, uh, at minimum, we could always have 20 health. But I can't, what was it that killed us? Uh, uh, well, what what killed? <coughs> sorry, what killed me was a random cannibal. Uh, I just uh, got hit too many times, and uh, we didn't have luck on finding uh, uh, ways to uh, heal ourselves outside of just random food. But uh, yeah. I, I'm looking at, <coughs> at guides uh, for different characters. So there's one that's called the comedian uh, that uh, could tell a joke to anyone, and there's one of four outcomes they. If they love it, they'll become a follower. Uh, if they liked it, they will become friendly to you, friendly enough to allow you to trespass or ask for keys or items. If they dislike it, they become annoyed with you until you leave and can become hostile. If they, uh, if you don't, or if they hate it, and they'll just uh, become hostile and attack you. Which uh, obviously, it's not going to be twenty five percent for all of them. But then there's different things that improve the chances of uh, your outcome. Oh, and all characters have what's called the big quest, which is their essentially their overarching story. So for the soldier, he has to destroy every generator that he comes across. Yeah, don't you have to destroy, like, big special generators? Like? Uh, no, no, it's any generator. Oh, I thought it was... Because there was one that we blew up that was special, and I got, like, progress towards my big quest. Uh, no, it was any generator. It just... If one happens to come across uh, for... Uh, the mission as well, uh, uh, then, it, you know, it counts uh, for both. Okay. <clears throat> uh, for uh, the gorilla, it's releasing all the gorillas that you come across. Uh, for the comedian, for example, it's just getting to essentially the end state, the end portion of the game. I didn't see what the one for the bum was. Uh, I'm just, like I said, I'm looking on here. So let's see, classes... Uh, oh, and there's also a pretty robust uh, uh, just general creation tool as well for map chunks to be able to de- uh, get more chunks. So I would say actually the Steam version would probably be a lot better off in the long run because it does have workshop support for all this stuff. Uh, there's uh, workshop support for sharing classes as well, the custom classes, uh, and just... Uh, 
a lot more of everything. Uh, being able to share easier than the Game Pass version, but eh. Yep. Included with Game Pass, though, so didn't have to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think I would have bought this, even like, maybe on like a super sale. If you're like, hey, I really love this game, I'd like to play it with you. I would buy it on a on a big sale. It's actually but... not that expensive. It's twenty bucks normally, so Steam sales would probably drop down to ten bucks already, mm-hmm. which isn't terrible. Plus, uh, well, no, that is a pretty massive bundle, but uh, it is part of Tiny Build's pixel uh, art collection, which is pretty much everything that Tiny Build has done in this art style. So. Graveyard Keeper, Streets of Rogue, Final Station, Party Hard, Party Hard 2, all its DLC and uh, uh, soundtracks, that sort of thing. And it's, you know, it's $142 without any sales going on. Of course, that gets a lot cheaper during Steam sales, but still, right? Yeah. But, I I mean, I had a good time with it. It was it was fun. I enjoyed playing with you. I, I don't know we, if we'll play it again like not because it's bad but you know but if you're like hey i feel like playing streets of rogue tonight i'd be like all right sure the only problem i really had with the game in co-op is that it doesn't split loot so you could end up with a situation if you're not careful of one character getting everything and the other one ending up with nothing like there was a couple times where you ended up with all the healing items and i didn't yeah uh, or, or vice versa with weapons, because there was a couple of times where it seemed like I had like all the melee weapons in the world, and I was just ending up selling them off because honestly, neither of us was really melee fighting. I was using melee weapons a decent amount, like especially towards the end mm-hmm. when we were when we were closer together more often. I I didn't shoot very much because yeah, I there was... is friendly fire, but there is perks to reduce or uh, remove it all together. But that's what I find interesting is its progression system, be able to really tailor the game pretty well for uh, just how you want to play it once you play it enough. But it's also pretty easy to start uh, getting uh, chicken nuggets as well, which feels weird to use as a currency, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, after only one run, I I wound up with 20-something chicken nuggets. Mm -hmm. Well, it's based off the missions that you do. So of course well, we were completing almost every yeah. mission, every floor. So yeah, and of course there's also uh, particular builds that generate some quicker, you know, because they're able to just run and gun them. Uh, the soldier is actually pretty good for that one. Yeah, but yeah, it's I would say it's well worth a check out, especially on Game Pass. Uh, I'm not sure what the, the uh, lowest price it's ever been is. Uh, uh, I'm just double checking, see what the historic low is on it. Uh, Streets of Rogue actually historic low has been five bucks. That's well worth it. That's uh, unfortunately almost on Chrono GG, which is semi defunct. They've changed focus to a more of a storefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, it looks like uh, the historic low is ballpark seven fifty to ten bucks. Steam uh, seven fifty. Uh, Couple other uh, places, ten bucks. So yeah, so I would say well worth it overall uh, for that price. If you're a big fan of the roguelike genre, then definitely worth checking out uh, uh, on Game Pass and get a feel for it because it's a bit different. It's uh, semi shooterish, but not really. 
Yeah, there's so many different ways to play it. Like, you, you mean you could run and gun everything, or you could do mostly or exclusively melee, or scout, you know, or scout, uh, stealth builds. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably, there might be a way to completely, or maybe not completely, but mostly avoid combat. Like, there's hacking you can do to turn off power and, mm-hmm. like, disable turrets and stuff. So you might be able to completely avoid, like, fighting. Especially if you Not go sure. for, like, the hacker class that has a lot more ability to uh, 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 do uh, uh, hacking and uh, be able to uh, do more electronic warfare, essentially. Or play the class that focuses on helpers and mm-hmm. get a bunch of people to help you, and then you not do anything. <laughs> you can be a lazy bastard. Sounds great to me. But, <laughs> yeah, it's neat. I liked it. Thumbs up. Approve. Good time with your friends. And if you like that sort of game, a good time by yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, neither of us played any other games this week other than that. Well, I played other games, but can't really talk about them just yet, but still. Well, yeah, that's fair. I it played other games also. I didn't play any other games that are worth talking about. Mm-hmm. More of the same old stuff that I've played a bajillion times before that nobody wants to hear about again. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Good time. Had a good time with you. So, woo. woo. Um, that brings us then to our first news topic. We're going to do the news. Uh, Kerbal Space Program Update 1.11 lets players fix ships in the field. Yeah, so it's kind of a slow news day. Uh, but, you know, with Kerbal 2 now two years away or a year and a half away at best, then, you know, I think it's time to start looking at Kerbal again, huh? Possibly. Maybe pick up some of that DLC that I've been putting off. Yeah, so there are, have been, uh, as with pretty much anything that can be said about any official update coming to KSP, there have been mods that have done this for a long time in various forms with, like, repair kits or tools that allow you to construct field bases or make like straight up modifications to stuff like launch a thing without a satellite. And if you want to like play it like, or sorry, launch a thing without a a solar panel. And if you want to play hardcore, it's like, well, you could do a mission and you could go up with some solar panels and attach them. Um, You know, mods like that have existed, but it's always nice to see this, you know, those types of features be added to the main game. Is this like uh, directly incorporating a mod? Uh, This is Kerbal inventory system, essentially. With a yep. few uh, gameplay tweaks. So, one of the big ones is, well, uh, the fact that uh, the Kerbal inventory system, it didn't really have a repair uh, kit that I can recall. It may have been later on uh, uh, that they added something like that, but, you know, you were always able to just repair. But now they're including the ability to have repair kits. Uh, looks like they are they were using a... A very similar system to how they handle uh, cargo as well. Because uh, in Kerbal Inventory System, they had it where you had essentially cargo pods or, car- or you know, just crates uh, that had a number of slots, but also had a mass, uh, uh, that a certain amount of mass that it could use. So it seemed very similar, but it seemed less generous than what Kerbal Inventory System was doing. Which makes sense for a gameplay perspective, you know, you know do proper balancing on it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, one of those things that you know, adding something that uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the 
community has developed uh, to make the game better, especially for you know, gamers that want to play vanilla but also uh, really can't use mods. Yeah, if this makes it over to the console scene, right? Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's been forever since playing. I mean, the last time I played KSB mm-hmm. was when we did it for Game Club, like what two years ago? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And this is kind of incorporating two mods, really, because uh, I, I was looking at Carpool Inventory System and I forgot that it's essentially two mods that work uh, that are interlocked. So yeah. they're Kiss and Cast, Kerbal Inventory uh-huh. and Kerbal Attachment System. And it's the same idea where you have a tool that your Kerbal can uh, uh, equip, and then this uh, the the. Game version seems a lot more intuitive, though, with how you're able to position things because it has the uh, uh, handles on it that allow you proper rotation instead of uh, filling with it. Right. But it does look like Kerbal Attachment System is also really updated since uh, last time I uh, played. So hopefully this doesn't you know just mark the death for it and it's able to use the system that they're building into the game to be able to uh, build up uh, how Kerbal Attachment and Kerbal Inventory System work. And Kerbal Inventory System also had a bunch of joke items as well, which was always fun. And I'm just looking at this, you know, uh, Surface Mount Lights uh, 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 was another useful mod that they suggest, which is another one that I pretty much always had together with, and kind of in my mind, always uh, consider them, you know, one one the same, even though it's technically like three or four mods, right? Well, yeah, it's it's interesting too how it, like the different mod kits that you use over time, like they sort of mm-hmm. just blend together in your mind. Yeah, like the KSP that I think of is nowhere near stock. Like, prob not probably not even close. But like, whenever I think of it, it's like, oh yes, KSP with all of these mod packs involved. Oh, like uh, Kerbal Construction Tom, where you have to have uh, uh, essentially your rockets pre-made. Especially if you have any sort of uh, life support system for a, re- a rescue mission. Yeah. But that's nowhere near how anybody else would play. <laughs> See, for uh, the way I uh, liked my Kerbal, where I had a little bit more simulation in it. Uh, having it where I essentially had, you know, like five uh, of my large boosters always ready to go. And I was able to just go in and essentially attach a payload to, a pay, uh, sorry, a payload to them felt a lot more realistic and a lot more fun to me than always building a rocket from scratch. But it also worked into the economy so that as the rockets became more streamlined in their design and uh, became more routine for the engineers to build, they became cheaper to make. But also uh, with my mod loadout, they were essentially partly or if not totally recovered uh, for at least the booster stage. So, you know, that's to, that's like my stock game, you know? Yeah. But that's how it kind of is with these games that have very high modability and a lot of community support is that your idea of stock kind of drifts over time, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Especially when you have mods that add functionality that feels like should be in the game, which... Okay, mounting like a solar panel, that's pretty late uh, space age stuff. I mean, we didn't get into space construction until what the International Space Station, because before 
for me or everything was uh, sent up as a whole, if I recall correctly. And Mirror was the first space station that was modular. But even Mirror, it was pretty much just essentially Lego snapped together, if I recall correctly. And the International Space Station is the first one that's really been built a lot more than just you know, snapping together uh, portions. I could be mistaken on Mirror, though, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I can't confirm nor deny because I, I don't know either, actually. Um, I'm not counting just yeah, uh, putting together wiring and that sort of thing, but the uh, large sections of uh, uh, the ISS being uh, put together essentially in space. Yeah. Uh, and the Wikipedia article is woefully inaccurate for what I'm looking for. What what you what we're talking about though with you know what we think of as as what becomes like the stock game for us, but it's like or, you know extremely modded. Like I think that applies to any any game that can battle that has tech mod for support. you these days, huh? Battle tech for you these days? Yeah, I mean battle tech and Factorio both. Like I don't think I could ever play either of those games stock ever again. I mean, in or you know a bunch of other games, Oblivion, Skyrim. Uh, KSP. Uh, uh, Skyrim, uh, or really any Elder Scrolls game, kind of yeah. sucks. Uh, 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 stock to be, to be perfectly honest. Any any Bethesda game, actually, you know, not just the Elder Scrolls series, but any any uh, Bethesda game. Yeah, which um, the X series. I couldn't imagine playing the X series stock. Any of those games. So, yeah, mods for the win. Mm-hmm. The glorious PC the, gaming master race. One of the biggest, uh, that's one of the, probably the biggest reasons that I don't play on console games mm-hmm. or play on consoles anymore. I mean, that and frame rate. Those are, those are the yeah. things for me. But, uh, yeah. All right. Next topic. Uh, sure. All right. Epic adds a subscription service to Fortnite. Oh, boy, right? Which they kind of already had with their their like monthly battle pass thing that you yeah, paid but this for. is yeah, but this is tying into the battle pass and drawing more money out of kids. It's just this feels kind of scummy. Yep. So the battle pass system, I'm already hesitant about to begin with, just because honestly, it rarely puts a lot of value into the game outside of just a treadmill. So tying a major portion of the subscription service into that, it just, maybe this is just, uh, well, I was talking to Anita. This might be just a, maybe I'm old situation where I look at Fortnite and I'm thinking there's no way in hell this is worth $12 a month. And also that's a weird number, $12, right? Yeah. There's probably some, Either like psychology to it, or like industry trend thing that like it's been borne out. Like this is the maximum people well, pay. Well, it's uh, nine ninety nine uh, uh, pounds. So, right. I see pounds sterling. Which, uh, if you look at it th- that way, it is actually a deal because it's uh, nine ninety nine is uh, thirteen dollars and forty one cents. But yeah, that still kind of sucks, right? I mean, that's pretty close, though, to, like, you think about the monthly subscription mm-hmm. for an MMO. Like, that's pretty close to what most of them charge. You know, the 14 
99 or yeah, 95 but, or whatever. Yeah, but MMO has more gameplay to it than just Battle Royale. I agree with you, but a lot of a lot of the the youths like like the Fortnites. Well, they should be getting the fuck off my lawn. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a combination of maybe I'm old for uh-huh. both of us because neither of us like or are interested in Fortnite at all. Yeah, and so I, like I mean, if they had really, said like this is ninety nine cents, I'd be like that's too much to spend on. Yeah, Fortnite. I would say really uh, most of the battle royale genre outside of weird uh, offshoots of it, like. Uh, the Darwin Project was interesting, but it just never got a, a community. Uh, and technically, uh, Fall Guys was also a battle royale. Yes, Fall Guys though is is very cute. Those those beans are mm-hmm. adorable, and I think Fall Guys is doing something like good with the genre. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit, like mm-hmm. you know, doing something fun and interesting. Yeah, and honestly, kind of like the perfect idea for a battle royale that isn't just another Fortnite, Yeah. Instead of building, it does this, which has been a major problem with a lot of battle royale. Honestly, it's just, it tries to essentially out Fortnite, Fortnite. And yep, we've seen this problem in MMOs where, uh, you don't get anywhere by just trying to copy the industry leader and do something slightly different. You have to do something either better than them, which is very difficult if you're especially if you're coming in for a battle royale, especially so because you also need a massive player base to get that uh, matchmaking time down. Or you gotta do something wildly different, like in our case of Volgas. Yeah. But excuse me. So should we actually say what the, the, the subscription service is because we didn't even mention it. So yeah. it includes the battle pass for each season. And like you said, it's a monthly battle pass, right? So you get the battle I, I pa- actually don't know how long a season lasts. It's some uh, number of weeks. Uh, well, if you... I wonder what happens if you have the subscription and the battle pass is longer than a month. Do you get, like, bonus currency instead? I'm not sure that they worked that out. But you get... A battle pass for the full season and a thousand V bucks to spend on uh, each month. So, which at the time of writing, according to uh, GamesIndustry.biz, a thousand V bucks is selling on the Microsoft Store for six pounds forty nine cents, and the battle pass is ninety five hundred V bucks by itself. So, fuck right. Yeah, that, I'm trying to see how long the battle pass lasts for. It's for just a season, whatever. That's just mind-bogglingly expensive to me. Looks like a season. Ten weeks. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. And they're dividing them into chapters, and I guess that's based on like the like the overall like big mm-hmm. version of the game. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe this is just us showing our age, and waving at. Uh, uh, or waggling uh, sticks at uh, the kids, right? We're, we're waving our fists. <laughs> yep, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get why, with so many good, free, and or cheap games out there, or classic game. Like, there's so many good games. Like, why would you pay every month for this garbage? Yeah, I'm just... But, I'm looking at the price of the Battle Pass by itself, and fuck... I think, I genuinely think that for the most part, this is for children. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I think about my own son and the games that he plays and what he wants to play. And, like, he's all about them, that, he's all about Roblox. Like, that's his biggest game and has been for a, a couple months now. And he's all the time like, hey, can I spend some of my allowance on this thing or that thing and Roblox? And, and Katie always, like, defers to me. And I'm like, no, you really shouldn't. Like, let's, let's try some of these other games. He's like, no, I want to play Roblox. Like, all right. I mean, it's a larger conversation than that, especially when he wants to spend, waste his money on their equivalent. Because Roblox has got something like this. Like, I really think that this is for, like, children mm-hmm. or... To, uh, to ease them into the idea of buying uh, uh, all these microtransactions. I, I, I really don't like where the games industry is going, to be perfectly honest. And this is the guy that, you know, I, I you know, kind of saw this coming with fucking horse armor, right? Yeah, I would I would imagine that if you play Fortnite um, exclusively, in such a, exclusively or nearly exclusively, it's probably a good deal. I don't know the value proposition for how that breaks down, and with most of the stuff that you get being cosmetic items, anyways, it's not like you can specifically say like, "Ah, oh, yes, this item is definitely worth X or Y number because it does this." Th-. Like, it's all like preference stuff that you're working towards. But I, I would imagine that if you're really, really into Fortnite. And dedicate tons of time to it. It's probably good value. But like the people who can do that primarily are kids and teenagers and college students. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, honestly, the more I'm researching a bit about the Battle Pass, the more I dislike how they're doing in Fortnite. So there's a standard version that's 10 bucks. However, there's a second available, a uh, second version available that. Is twenty five bucks, but you get the first twenty five uh, tiers of it unlocked. Isn't the whole idea, you know, earning? Con- I don't know, right? Yeah, and then the the free quote unquote free version of the battle pass mm-hmm. only has like a few items. Yeah, you might get a few V bucks, but you're going to be several battle passes before you get buy in from that. Yeah, Ugh. it's just this feels designed solely to suck. As much uh, money out of kids' wallets as possible. Or the the wallets of the parents of the children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I'm looking at the current one. So, and of course, it's all in their own little currency, which, right? Yeah. So, it's 950, and want to bet that there's not a way to get 950 without buying extra? Oh, I'm sure the, the, the... You know, it's it's all fucked up, whether it's like you'll always have just a little bit mm-hmm. left over or you'll be missing just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that psychology, right? Yep. But I mean, it does look like there is ways to get uh, free V-Bucks, but, you know, it's not a lot. And honestly, for- and some of it is exclusive to the Save the World version, which is the PVE one that you have to buy yep. into. Yep. Which I kind of like, but... I haven't played it in forever, so I don't know if it's any any better or any worse. Honestly, from the sound of it, they've uh, pretty much abandoned it and just uh, focused on the Battle Royale, which I can't blame them on that one because, right? Yeah, but it still sucks because Save the World is way better than the Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, anyone who listens to this show who doesn't know that we like video games... <laughs> probably think that we hate video games with how much we bitch about stuff. But, I mean, the industry sucks. For, by and uh, large, especially any, when you get the, the, the big developers and the big publishers. 
Yeah, the the triple A air quotes developers. Yeah, and I would say a portion of double A. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like uh, their current battle pass is all Marvel stuff, so there you go, right? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense with, you know, they've got, like, they have a tie-in, basically, like, huge tie-ins with Disney, Mm -hmm. because all the Marvel stuff is Disney, and then they've done Star Wars, and they've done, they've done Marvel a few times, though, because Fortnite's, what, three or four years old now? Oh, no, Right. There have been several very large Marvel releases that have came out that they had special content for. Yeah, like and it's uh, happened the, with Star Wars the, once the, or twice. The first Thanos one uh, yeah. was all over the internet when uh, I think Infinity War. Yeah, uh, was uh, coming out, and everybody was talking how innovative it was. And I'm thinking, I've played several games that does this, uh, plus a few fan mods, and it didn't you know suck all the money out of my wallet. But that might also just be us being more well-versed. Don't know. And knowing about things like versus Saxton Hale. Although, <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, that's the... Nothing. That, that was uh, very similar to the versus Thanos mod. Or versus Thanos mode. Even though I have no idea if that mod's even still populated. Because that's an old TF2 one. And TF2 has its own problems these days. So many microtransactions so uh, everywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons... I mean, I, I love Battletech, for sure. But that's one of the reasons I keep going and playing Battletech. Because it's like, they don't... There's no microtransactions. You have your DLCs and, and that's it, me. right? I got my DLC, and I got my mods, and that's it. That's all I need. Yeah, it, it felt refreshing uh, when I got the uh, <clears throat> Retro Power up and running. And just <clears throat> loading up, like, Mario 3... No menu talking about D- uh, the season pass. No uh, DLC offerings. Nothing. It's just here's Mario three. Prepare to get your ass kicked. Eventually, right? Right. Because I gotta admit, I'm pretty good at getting through the first world or two of Mario three because it's actually my test bed for uh, game controllers and uh, whenever I'm doing an emulator or emulator uh, console. It's the game I set up uh, first to test out everything because I know how that game is supposed to look, how it's supposed to run, and I could uh, pick out uh, uh, performance issues pretty easily. And it's also not exactly intensive to get an NES or SNES emulator up and running. So, yeah. Yeah. So, moving on? Uh, Sure. Gonna talk about the Avengers again. Marvel's Avengers hasn't recouped its development cost yet. We oh had, boy, right? Yeah. Speaking of Disney did. stuff. We talked about this, was it two weeks ago? Yeah, something was it like le- that. Yeah, where we, we, you know, the Avengers and uh, How their... its uh, player base is uh, non-existent these days. They're going full yeah. evolve. Yep. And I said, uh, I said something like this along the lines of like, I mean, they're having like this huge like fifty percent off or fifty percent price reduction and stuff. Like that's not a good sign. That means they're trying to get as much money as they can out of this before they shut it down. And then now we find out they haven't even gotten back their development costs, let alone the marketing that was spent yeah. on this game. Yeah, uh, according to the uh, sales, have been lower than expected, and the game hasn't recouped its uh, development costs, leading to an estimated. Uh, 7 billion yen, approximately 67 million US dollars operating loss in Square Enix's HD game segment. 
uh, during the last financial quarter. Fuck, right? Yeah, that is no bueno. And they're not going. They're not going to learn the right lesson from this. They're not going to say, "Huh, you know what? Maybe the market is oversaturated, and we need to, you know, go in a different direction. Or, maybe refocus." Or on... maybe the games just sucked, and we needed to have something with a lot more beat on spoons. Because, ah, uh, yeah, we talked about how the game is very lackluster in its content, but uh, doing these licensed games, particularly with a big IP. You have to write off on everything. And there's a lot of uh, checks and a lot of content that just gets wasted because, oh, you didn't model Thor's ass properly. So you're going to have to go back and remodel that. Or, yeah, something mundane that in any other game wouldn't be a big deal. Especially with Disney, you are going to have to spend so much more time on every little thing. That's going to rack up the development cost even higher than it normally would be on a AAA game. Or you just cut a lot of content and you have two villains that nobody gives a shit about, right? Because your plan, your roadmap is save all the big villains for, you know, like season 12, right? Because it's a game as a service game. That's also the other problem of having a game as a service game is with a emphasis on pseudo single player, maybe is that you can't have a fight with Thanos because, you know, what are you going to do later, right? That's the problem World of Warcraft is running into now where all their good villains are gone. They've killed them, you know, 10 years ago. Maybe that's the reason why the newest expansion's in the afterlife. Maybe we could kill them again. I don't know. And no, I'm not joking on that one. <laughs> I I haven't paid attention to WoW for a long time now. At least a year. The last time I played it was, I think... A year and a half or two mm-hmm. years ago. I don't remember specifically. It's been a while. But yeah, I don't think that they're going to learn the right lessons from this. I don't think that they're going to change anything going forward. They'll write off as much as they can from a tax perspective. They'll do as little as possible to try to extract as much from their player base as they can. And then they'll kill the game and uh, lay off anyone left over from the, de- the dev team and start a new team and start a new game. And they'll try again, and they'll say, we needed more microtransactions somehow, and more pointless bullshit that nobody wants. Like, that's the problem. We didn't do enough. We need to do more. And and what they should do is say, no, you know what? Let's focus on developing a good, s- relatively small single player or perhaps cooperative, like single player focus, but allow cooperative experience with your friends, Marvel game, and put it out on all the platforms, and it'll mm-hmm. be great. But they won't do that, because they're dipshits. Yeah. I mean, they could have done, like, the recent Star Wars RPG and make it a good, strong, single-player game. And, right? But no. Indeed. Uh, pretty much, they teased it, remember, at E3 as a single-player game? And then, oh yeah, it's going to be an ongoing developing uh, story. It just expectations started falling, falling, falling. Which were which already started to go low whenever you started hearing all the uh, the voices, right? Yeah, I mean, I was I remember E three like, oh wow, this is really cool. I'm very excited. This looks so cool. Yeah, then you hear Tony and Stark pers- speak, and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, well, even I was okay with that, but it's like, oh, but we're gonna be a, it's going to be a persistent ongoing run. Like fucking hell, they're gonna make this a live service game. I don't give a shit anymore. 
which I imagine that is a key factor into why uh, their sales figures uh, didn't meet expectations. On top of the fact that they might have had sky high expectations to uh, uh, be able to justify the absolutely enormous, uh, enormous marketing blitz that they had with it, and the absolutely uh, sky high uh, development costs, just trying to say, okay, well, we're gonna sell a billion copies. One in seven people on the fucking planet is gonna be playing this game at some point. Yep, that's what they wanted, but no, that's not how that works. But yeah, I mean, it, it, game companies could make a lot more money, I think. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like game companies could make a lot more money if they would do more, but smaller mm-hmm. projects. Because they go every time, they go all in, just 100%. And you have one or two companies that, because they're the ones who did it first, or they do it the best who, quote, win, and everyone else, it just turns into a fucking mess. Like this. But what do I know? I'm just some guy. Yeah, but they also were blaming COVID. Uh, the COVID pandemic. Never mind the fact that practically every other gaming-related thing is setting records. Yo, you, yeah. can't, you can't even fucking find a Switch these days, right? You haven't been able to find a Switch reliably for a long time. And God forbid trying to find the new consoles, the PS5 and the new mm-hmm. Xbox. Although the Xbox hasn't has many problems as, as PlayStation. PS5s have been fucking scalper heaven. Yeah, but the Xbox is still, <laughs> in certain smaller markets, the Xbox has been mm-hmm. difficult to find. Yeah, and uh, there's just so much wrong with this game. I really don't expect them to be able to turn it around. I think it's just going to be one of these games that just languishes for a while and then we'll hear about in two years that they turned off the servers yeah which is definitely coming down the pipeline for uh for anthem like i imagine that in 2021 they'll shut down anthem because anthem i mean this so far is on track with what anthem did Mm -hmm. launch huge expectations didn't meet them not even close massive sale on stuff kill the roadmap start over never really make any progress and then just sort of quietly, like, no more updates, no more other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember who uh, said it, because I watched a couple of reviews prepping for uh, uh, this a couple of weeks ago, uh, when we talked about, you know, the player base being, well, well, but player base, right? Uh, yeah. I'm going to say Angry Centaur uh, Gaming, ACG. I watched his review of it, and he talked about how Looter shooters as a whole launch in a bad state and typically have to get fixed. And he's listed off a good dozen, including Destiny, Warframe, uh, practically all the big ones uh, that aren't just single player focused experiences. All right. The online persistent of some sort. And but it's also been a trend where they release in a worse and worse state and have to just go undergo massive fixing and balance changes later because they just don't spend the time and effort to be able to do so. And that Avengers, while not technically a looter shooter, has the same, essentially, DNA of it. And it's the worst one he's ever had, uh, the displeasure of reviewing, because it's just is so broken and so bare bones, and it's meant to be 
essentially a platform that they build on later and they just don't give a shit of, yeah. about putting out a proper product. They Because we're in the age where, you know, if you put out something broken, if you fix it later, it's fine, right? Yeah. And I, I didn't watch this video, but I imagine the early ones could get away with that because, one, that didn't really exist. Like, looter shooters weren't as big of a thing there were a couple like the earliest examples that i can think of these certainly don't have to be the first ones but the earliest looter shooters that i can think of are like borderlands from a single player perspective warframe and well, destiny warframe, for the for multiplayer example, perspective uh released in 2013 it's a seven-year-old game now destiny was i think 2013 as well it might be 2014 um somewhere uh, in, in that time frame 2017 on... Oh, that's Destiny 2, sorry. Uh, Destiny 1, 2014. So yeah, because I, I remember Destiny 1 launched on, at the time, the current gen and then the last gen consoles, which is the 360 and Xbox One and PS3 and 4. But um, anyways, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I can imagine that with those being the first ones or the very early uh, oh, and ones... and you brought up uh, The Division as well as another a good example of a game releasing in an unfinished and partly broken state, but all these games also had some sort of redeeming quality, like Warframe being Space Ninjas, Destiny being you know uh, its sci-fi aspect, The Division being its setting, that sort of thing. While yeah. uh, Marvel's Avengers has none of the charm of the uh, franchise, uh, they have no none of the big battles or none of the big villains. You have, like, Z-grade uh, villains to fight uh, when you're not fighting generic robots. So, yeah, I mean, he just tore it apart for, well, good reason, right? Yeah, but... And, yeah, uh, I'm just reading the comments. And they take the timing of the releases to blame, right? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think so. If you can't make money with one of the biggest, if not the biggest, IPs... In the fucking world, when everybody is stuck at home with a video game, your game sucks. Period. Yeah, your game sucks or something, like, you seriously fucked something up. And I, in this case, I think it's the game. But, you know, you could have fucked up something else. But, anyways. Yeah, yep. I mean, there's just no reason why you can't make money with an Avengers video game. Especially in 2020, when everybody's stuck at home. Because it's not like, you know... Everybody's running out to cons and everything and uh, to get their Avengers fixed, right? Yep. Most most of those were canceled. Maybe all of them. I don't know. Uh, practically all of them, or at least uh, the ones I was uh, following, because uh, the local anime con canceled. It was supposed to be in October. It canceled in, like, uh, August. And it was already in doubt in June. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Which I know, anime con isn't exactly the same thing, but there's a strong cross pollinization with uh, nerd culture. Indeed, all the nerd shit um, and the weeb shit. Don't forget that. So, uh, speaking of other shit, yeah. So FIFA Twenty One is old gen on PC because EA did not want to raise its PC system requirements. <sighs> EA. EA, that EA. seems like a we. I mean, this is like a bullshit excuse. Uh-huh. The real reason is that they didn't want to spend any money on it. Mm-hmm. But like, that's a this is a really weird 
bullshit excuse to use for that. Yeah, so like they just I'm, didn't want to spend the, the development costs okay. to, to upgrade so it or update it or whatever. Here is the system results or system requirements. These are going to be the minimum. All right, eight gigs of memory, uh, NVIDIA GeForce GTX uh, 660, Intel Core i3 6100, 50 gigs of uh, file of uh, memory, and Windows 10 64 bit. You mean 50 gigs of, of storage space somewhere? Yeah, uh, of, of hard disk. With uh, the upper end, this should tell you how little it changes. Wait, 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 wait. Can I guess? Can I guess? Okay. I'm, I'm mostly going to okay. guess for the, for right, the right, GPU. Right, well, well, let's go, uh, uh, since you want to guess, category by category. Memory. Uh, 16 gigs of RAM. 8 gigs. No change. Oh, wow. No change. Okay. Uh, graphics card. Uh, GTX 970. GTX 670. Damn. Uh, minimum was 660. I know. Okay. CPU. Uh, i5 6700. i5 3550. i5 what? You broke up for a second. 3550. Damn, that's an old i5 that's from like uh, 2012 2013 somewhere in there so seven-year-old cpu mm-hmm. the their their minimum spec the i360 whatever is from like 2016 somewhere in that range uh, you can you can roughly date the year of the generation of i whatever processor uh, 2015. Is by the number in the front yeah uh september 1st to be exact although the i5 is markedly more powerful than the mm-hmm. i3 so that makes yeah. sense Okay. I mean, and, it, and uh, no change on operating system or file size. Just yeah. I mean, that should tell you something, right? God, that's terrible. And I did throw in a second link that is the differences between current gen or now current gen and old gen, and it's mostly visual with new camera angles as well. Which, right? Yep. I mean, it seems like it's mostly visual. Uh, there is some dual sense stuff if you're playing on PS5, but that's yeah, right. It's just yeah, it's mostly just making the game yeah look a lot better, and but also an atmosphere of uh, having just more stuff going on. But hey, PC, well, you get all the microtransactions, but none of that, right? Yeah, I, so I like how it says in this article. Uh, as your game reports, EA decided to release the old-gen version of FIFA 21 on the PC because it wanted to reach as many PC gamers as possible. Uh, thus, and in order to achieve this, the team did not want to raise the game's PC system requirements. You could replace all of that with, as your game reports, EA decided to release the old-gen version of FIFA 21 on PC because almost no one buys these games on PC and they didn't want to waste the money. Yeah, it's just... You're getting into a chicken and egg problem here where yeah, they're not putting effort into the PC port, so nobody's buying the PC port, but then they don't put in any effort next year because, right? Yeah. I mean, I assume they'll have to put in the effort for next mm-hmm. year or in a couple of years because they'll stop making it uh, backwards compatible or an, an older version for the mm-hmm. older generation of consoles. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know how much of a difference that will make for Xbox. I'm I'm not clear on the PlayStation like it, how different the architecture is, but from what I can tell, and and have read and have seen, like the Xbox, the 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 new one is basically running the exact same 
operating system and exactly the same on uh, architecture, but just better. Uh, and a walled garden, essentially. Yeah. But in, instead of, you know, um, redoing everything, it, it was just a straight upgrade. I think I think the PlayStation because they're using that proprietary memory technology and stuff, they changed their their API. But I don't think that Xbox did that. So I don't even know if that makes that big of a difference. Cuz right off the right like right out of the gate, every Xbox One game works on the new one. And I don't think that's true for PlayStation. I could be wrong. I don't give a shit about consoles anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's just Although I will say thank you to um our our Discord man who actually I don't know if you're a man, our Discord person um who uh explained their opinion on console to me last week after the episode went live. Mm-hmm. Um in, in essence, you know, PCs was kind of daunting to them and it was expensive. Um and so that's why they sort of balked at, at getting a PC for for so long. And how essentially what I said, like all of it was new Mm -hmm. and so like new to the console space. And so very exciting for the console space. Yeah, which I do get that because especially if you're trying to shop for a pre-built PC, trying to figure out why one is so much better than the other makes no sense whatsoever. Never mind the fact that a lot of uh, pre-built PCs uh, or have a massive weak link somewhere, usually in either... Uh, memory, uh, as in RAM, or just the power supply is not up to snuff, so eventually you're going to end up with issues there. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the two places that they could really get away with uh, cutting back. Also. Or, the, the the three, there's three that I see real bad all the time. Uh, memory, either they won't have enough, or you will get 16 gigs, but it'll only be running in single channel instead of du- dual channel, mm-hmm. which is a huge bottleneck, especially on an AMD build. Yeah. Cooling, they'll, you know, you'll spend two grand on a, a pre-built with like, you know, a high-end Ryzen or um, i7, i9, but then they'll use a stock, a really shitty stock cooler, so you're really being hampered on that performance, or they'll use a really shitty power supply. Yeah. Unless you're buying from like the sketchy people on like Craigslist or whatever, or, you know, like the really sketchy listings on Amazon and eBay, you're probably going to do okay in the graphics part, mm-hmm. card department. Although I've seen some hilarious, like, $500, like, budget PC gaming beast with that's using, like, the iGPU. <laughs> it's like, ooh, no. But anyways, uh, off topic, yeah. as, as, as always. Woo. Um, but yeah. I think I had another thought going somewhere, but my off-topicness lost that, so it probably uh, didn't matter. It's yeah. probably some bullshit, anyways. Well, isn't that uh, like ninety percent of our show? Fair. That is very fair. Most of our show is just some bullshit, so it's probably okay. It probably didn't matter. So, uh, moving on to community corner. Indeed. Uh, did we have uh, much? We had a couple no. of things in Discord, like. The silly video yeah. that Jim posted. Yeah, I actually uh, didn't get a chance to watch that. It it was pretty funny. It's like uh, two minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Just making fun of NPCs mm-hmm. in ga- in video games. Yeah. Uh, when you're like tailing or stealth, you know, doing stealthiness mm-hmm. and how it keeps resetting them. Yeah. Yeah. Some video game logic. I watched. Um, I went to that YouTube channel though and watched several of their other videos. They've got some pretty good, 
pretty good short films. Um, and then some good like short animation stuff. It's a good YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. They're relatively small, only about ten thousand subs. Yeah, I think I didn't um, find it. Good until, content. I didn't. I don't think I saw it until we were already chatting, and I didn't want to uh, try to watch a video and uh, talk to you as well. Yeah. Nope. Got some some good content from our Discord peeps. Woo. Mostly jam. But. But I didn't see any, yeah, any there, articles. Yeah, there wasn't uh, anything in the email, and there wasn't anything on the Twitter. So, yeah, if you wish to contribute, vglpodcast at gmail.com or vglpodcast on well, said Twitter. Go scare the hell out of the moths. That's right. So, doobly-doo? Indeed. Doobly-doo on over to Discovery. So, I got one right off the bat because I have my Discovery queue up and running. So, Project Wingman. Essentially, I do Ace Combat, and I know I'm all for that. And I know you're a fan. This does have a VR support, but you do not have to play it in VR. And I gotta say that it looks absolutely stunning, at least from the screenshots I can see here. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It was actually the first one in my queue. Oh, I <laughs> but should, I should so have I'm looking at it right now. But eh. well, I mean, you had your queue already pulled up and ready to go. I did not. I mean. The top comment or the top review is an Ace Combat game made by an Ace Combat fan for Ace Combat fans. So it seems like right up your alley, huh? I definitely am interested in this. It's only twenty five dollars. Uh oh. <laughs> when did it release? Um, today. Yeah. It released today. Oh my god. Uh oh. <laughs> right. I. Oh god. If I hadn't, uh, so I bought. I haven't played it yet because my mouse broke mm-hmm. and I just didn't get around to playing it. I bought Hard Space Shipbreaker. Um, yesterday, and if I hadn't bought that, I would buy this right now. But uh, refund, refund. Right? I might, I might. Hard Space Shipbreaker was like even on sale. I think it was like eighteen dollars. Well, it's twenty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna think about it for a minute. This looks just. This looks how I remember Ace Combat Five being. Um, and it, it might very well be, aside from the graphical, because I mean the graphics on this are definitely better than Ace Combat Five was on the I mean, PS2. I'm, but I mean, just watch the trailer, right? I yeah, I'm watching the trailer right now. It's like porn. I'm watching fighter craft porn. I'm very into this. Oh my. Okay. All right. I I should move forward <laughs> in my queue and look for something. Okay. Uh, I got something, but to tell you to stay away. Oh boy! How much does this? Hang on. How much does this cost? What? Okay, so I'm gonna. It's it's Red Dead Online. Let me put a link here. Oh my god, Red Dead Online. Oh boy, right? Boop. Yeah, they it's split five dollars. Yeah, is this sp- a standalone thing? Yeah, they split the uh, online version off and made it uh, Bible as a single uh, purchase. Well. I'm putting it on the list, but you should stay away from this, because Red Dead Redemption 2 was bullshit, and GTA Online is bullshit. Granted, I think among our audience that's a relatively unpopular opinion, but I couldn't stand it, and I can't imagine this being any better. So, I got Worms Rumble, which looks like it's a Battle Royale Worms game. For those who don't know, Worms is the old 2D uh, turn-based shooter where you have a team of worms and you're ki- trying to kill the other teams with random hilarious weaponry. 
I'm talking about like the holy hand, hand grenade from Monty Python, a concrete donkey, uh, uh, along with some of the more yeah mundane like Uzis, uh, machine guns, uh, uh, slingshots, that sort of thing. So this looks like it's real time. So yeah, losing a bit of the charm. It is $15 for a Battle Royale game though. So that is a bit of a steep price these days because you got Battle Royale. It's a heavily saturated market. Looks like it does yeah. have crossplay with PlayStation 4 and 5 though. So I'm not sure how uh, you know, that, I'm assuming that's going to help the overall player base, but you know, it's kind of hard to just tell just how much uh, issue you're going to have finding a, a match. Uh, looks like uh, some people complain about cheating because, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Looks like so, no bots at all. It's all PvP. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they have a lot on the roadmap according to the developer, but, right? Yeah. So, uh, it, since it is cross-platform, it's probably going to be a bit better uh, than most of them on here, but, right. Anyway, uh, on to so, you. Yeah, I got Kronos Before the Ashes... Yeah. And I swear, that, like, this was a a VR game, right? And this is, like, a re-release or an update to it? Yeah, I, I had a poppable mind, but I don't recognize it. So I, I think I could be wrong here. I could be mixing this up with something else. But I think this game released a year or two ago as an Epic exclusive, and it was a VR Dark Souls game. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge flop. And I think that they retooled it and re-released it without VR, and this is that uh, re-release? Yeah, yeah, this is a re-release. Uh, the the uh, original one was just Kronos, which is a terrible name. Yo, that one just falls uh, into all sorts of things. Uh, it looks like you could play it without VR, but it was tooled for it, so... Uh, yeah, I'm not okay. sure if this 2016. Is a, yeah, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be a sequel, though. So this predates the Epic Store, so I'm, I must be getting that part confused. But yeah, it looks but like... it did have some exclusivity, it looks like. Okay. But yeah, so 2016 was when Kronos, just Kronos, released as a VR-only thing. And yeah, it was a huge flop, and they've retooled it, and... I've heard that it's really good to get it... So I, I, I was watching... Like, I'm subscribed to many YouTubers who talk about video games. And the thing I heard was that it's very good to get into if you want to learn to play a Dark Souls type of game but have never been able to before because it's so much slower because they didn't really do a ton to the base gameplay loop. And so it was slowed down for VR. And so you can now play it, and it's a slower, sort of more forgiving experience because of that. So there, there you go. I guess consumer pro tip. So I got Skyhaven. This is a tycoon esque game where you're managing an airport. There's actually been a few of these that's popped up. This this one, it looks like it's pulled back a lot more. Uh, a lot of the airport management games, it seems to focus more on the terminals and uh, building out that sort of, uh, you know, like a big industrial airline. This one, it looks a lot more like it's early age of flight with uh, uh, a production uh, or production chains on top of it. It's interesting. Uh, it's... 21 bucks, uh, max price uh, 25 once down 
sale. Interesting. It's I'll have to see how it does because it is in early development right now. It's in early access, so uh, they do say uh, reviews say that it's clear that there's going to be a lot of depth to it, but you know it's just early access right now. It does have a demo though, so that might be something to check out later, huh? Indeed. Um, I got Sim Casino, which feel which looks and sounds and feels like it should be from twenty ten. 20 years ago is a little harsh. 10 years ago, but it's not. It's new. It's in early, it's in early access right now. Um, and it's what it says on the 10. It's a Sim-style game where you build wow, and manage like a casino. Wow, that's like 2-level graphics, huh? Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, I don't think that matters too much yeah. if the gameplay's good. But, you yeah. know, it, it just feels like it should be sort of that, you know, mid-2000s, like, Sid Meier's-like type game. Mm-hmm. Like... Early 90s Sid Meier's naming, you know, Sid Meier's Casino, but set in, like, you know, or made in, like, the mid-2000s. But, I mean, you know, if it's a good game, I'd, I'd be down for this. Manage a casino. Why not? If Donald Trump can run one to the ground, why can't I? There's your there's your politics oh. for the day. <laughs> All right, yeah, what else got, you got? Uh, oh, hang on, I need to copy and paste this one. This is... A MOBA Battle Royale Survival Mishmash. So, what the hell, right? So, Eternal Return Black Survival. I mean, it's interesting. It has, like, an anime style on it, and I was looking to see if there was, like, a tie-in anime series for this, because it it just feels like there's an IP here that I'm not recognizing, which is very possible, to be perfectly honest. I'm trying to figure out what it does a bit differently because uh, they are talking about how it's a has a survival aspect to it as well. I'm not sure if it just means that you know characters have to poop every so often or what. Uh, they <laughs> plan to have over 40 characters uh, when it leaves early access, assuming it does leave early access. Oh, and it is a free-to-play game, so there you go, right? There you go. All right. Uh, uh, continuing, yeah, I think this yeah. is the third yeah, game sure club what, in a row. What this does exactly, but right. Uh, anyway, on to you. Yeah, I think this is the third game club in a row where I've gotten a Need for Speed game. Um, so Discovery EA Q? continues to yeah, or the, the sorry yeah the third Discovery Q in a row. Uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted, which is one of my favorite of the Need for Speed games. Uh, originally released in uh, this is like in the top top five. Uh, originally released in uh, 2012 to uh, much much acclaim, and now it's on PC, I guess. Or well, I guess it's been on PC for a while. Now it's on Steam. Um, but Most Wanted was good. Uh, it was good. Open worlds, driving, run away from the cops. Oh, that's get the, your car back. Oh, that's the good yeah, Need for Speed Most Wanted, right? I think so. I hope so. Because, um, yeah, I know that they redid, or they did another Most Wanted. I think so. It's tough to tell, honestly, because of the bull shots, right? Yeah. It's fine. I don't think I'm going to buy it on Steam anyways, but... Yeah, especially if it comes to EA uh, Pass on Game Pass, huh? Yeah. So, I got Partisans uh, 1941. A real-time tactics game with stealth elements, according to the marketing blurb. So, sort of... Oh, now I'm blanking on the RTS that we played uh, for Game Club. Uh, are, you, are you talking about um, the, the Gears of War? Uh, the World of War 2 one. Oh, Company of Heroes. Company of Heroes. 
See, I kept wanting to say uh, like band of heroes or something, and it just it, I knew it wasn't right. Uh, but yeah, it feels a little bit like that, uh, but only on a smaller scale because yeah, it's individual units. And it looks like uh, some sort of going behind enemy lines, perhaps. So build your resistance. Oh, so it's the resistance. Okay. Uh, a new approach to tax uh, to stealth tactics. Combine stealth action and resource management and base building elements. So, right? Yeah. So, um, th- there you go. If you want uh, something a l- little bit more up close and personal than Company of Heroes, right? Yeah. So, Mel, I got one weird name, unless this is a reference to something that I'm, I'm missing. Melvor Idol? Uh, it's an idol clicker style game, but uh, one that you, you pay for. And I, ha- I have had good experience with those. Um, this one is real. It looks very deep and complex. And looks like there's more to it than just like build up the thing to the biggest possible. What, more uh, than just potatoes? <laughs> potatoes was a goddamn gem. Uh, but, um... Uh, you mean a space plant? Yeah, but, it's, but the potatoes were where it was at but anyways yeah i don't i don't know this just looks really complex and even if it's just like trying to make an idle game have some more depth to it than just like click the thing build the number up spend on the microtransactions please i'm i'm still down for that like there is a place in my life for an idle game and i think there is for a lot of a lot of people's um so if they can add some kind of strategy or depth to it i'm down for that and it, even if it's just another one that like tries to be like, aha, I gotcha, with like a weird story twist, like I'm I'm okay with that too. I'm I'm here for that. Or at least uh, yeah, uh, some spots. Indeed. So I got dismantle, which is ascend from your shelter, ruin everything, escape the wretched island. It sounds like a survival game, but according to the reviews I was reading, it plays more like an action RPG with. Uh, uh, a focus on crafting. So, you know, there mm-hmm. you go. It's 20 bucks. It's in early access. So, you know, might want to wait on it, see how it comes uh, uh, in the long run. It, had, it does have a rather nice art style to it, but I think it's just uh, they have like the right blend of goofy, cartoonish look, but, you know, pulled back enough where it doesn't look Fortnite ish, right? Yeah. Don't need another Fortnite. Mm hmm. Um, I got Tony Stewart's All-American Racing, which Tony Stewart is a, uh, retired or former, I don't know which term is more appropriate, NASCAR driver, um, and this is focusing on, at least from what it looks like, like, dirt track racing, um, which could be a lot of fun. I, I don't, I don't know, this game certainly doesn't look like it would be worth the $30 that they're asking for it. But as like a, a ten dollar like on sale game, it's like it could be good fun. Um, I've actually participated in some dirt track racing uh, in the past, and I know from personal experience, it's a fucking blast to mm-hmm. do. I like um, doing dirt track racing on games. Yeah, and it, you know if they get this right, like the you know the all the bumping and grinding and you know Although skidding I, around. I do disagree that Mudrunner is not like this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it looks good fun. I I could be all about that for, you know, ten bucks. 
It's $30 right now, like I said, but, you know, get down to 10 I'd be in. Okay, well, I got a bit of a head-scratcher. I got Football Manager 2021 Touch. The mobile version of Football Manager on Steam. As a matter of fact, they, see. The, a matter of fact they say it's stripped back and simplified for speedier seasons. Football uh, Manager 2021 uh, Touch is a time-saving alternative to the desktop classic. Now, mind you, this is a $20 game on mobile, all right? Which is fucking steep when it comes to mobile games. And it's 30 on PC. And that's not counting the 17 different DLCs that are all 99 cents each. Right? Right. I mean, it's just... What the fuck? I imagine that... Maybe I'm crazy here, alright? Alright, maybe I'm crazy. But anybody that's playing Football Manager and has a PC would probably want to play football manager and not the stripped down one and those that are playing on mobile are not doing it on pc never mind the fact that it's a ten dollar pc tax not counting you know like i said 2383 of dlcs that seems like a lot of it is cheats as well just what the fuck right yeah so i'm terribly confused i'm confused and angered I'm confused by this game, but for different reasons. Hang on. The Heroic Legend of... I don't know how to pronounce that. Eagerlinia. <laughs> Eagerlinia. Uh, I don't quite know what to make of this. It's... The tags for it are Grand Strategy, Turn-Based Tactics, Strategy 2D. But it looks like a combination of like a lane-based mobile game with jrpg what i think okay here's what i think this is i haven't looked it up i think that this is probably a mobile game in i don't know in an asian country that has been translated and dropped on steam to try and sell for 10 bucks or 12 or whatever it is and to see what people will do with it and i'm kind of into this like, I like these types of mobile games. I'm not but finding I hate anything the fact... mobile on this. Really? Okay. I, I like the type of game that I've seen that this is, like on mobile. Like, you set up, like, you know, you pick your battle and you set your army down and you've got some hero cards or whatever that you drop in and then you watch it go. I kind of like that um, as a nice sort of way to pass time or just kind of chill on a, a, a more simple game. But when you play this type of game on mobile, it's like, hey, microtransactions, hey, microtransactions, hey, you know, you lost, you ran out of energy, you could spend $5 and get some more energy and try again, and if you get, like, you know, all of the many hundreds of heroes and everything, just by paying $10 for it, I'm kind of into this. Now, the question is, Uh, what happens to early access, right? Because this is an early access game. Yeah. I'm gonna I mean, keep it an has eye on this one. Pr- it has pretty good reviews overall. I mean, there are some looks like Chinese uh, reviews as well, which obviously I can't read. So it might be in the Chinese market under a different name. Yeah, but I'm interested in this. I like the you know the the anime style. You know the the breasts are mostly exposed for my pleasure, and I can get down with that. Uh, I like the fantasy. You know the sort of fantasy style that they're using with it. I like the heroes. I like. There's nothing that really clearly shows what this battle is, except that like you, you troops are there and they fight each other. But you know that's okay. 
Like, I'm okay with all of this. I like it. I like the way it looks. Uh, one of the trailers showed pretty good what the tra- what the uh, uh, battle system is, but it's all... I'm assuming that's Chinese. Might be Japanese. It's it's honestly hard to tell at times. Yeah. Because, yeah, the Japanese did borrow at least a portion of their writing system from the Chinese, so there's a lot of crossover on kanji. Or at least one of the Japanese systems, I should say. But it looks like it's a real-time with Paul system where you're able to control different units and uh, send them to uh, give them different different groups of uh, units or uh, different orders. Yeah. So it looks like it's more in-depth than what a mobile game would normally be. Which yeah. I'm down with, but it also has some Dynasty Warrior shit going on with looks like hero units. Yeah, I'm I'm very down for this. I'm I wanna I'm gonna keep an eye on it and see how it develops over the next few months or whatever. But it very well could wind up on a on a purchase list for me. Yeah, it's just a little tough to tell right now because a lot of this is in foreign language and I can't understand it. So I have a fucking avoid. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. This is a $50 <laughs> game on uh, Steam that's several years old at this point, if I recall correctly. Or is this the new one? Uh, I don't uh, oh, Okay, this is the newer one, but it's still a year old. Or over a year old. It just released on Steam because EA is coming crawling back. It's just... Ugh, right? It depresses me so much that Plants vs. Zombies became essentially random third-person shooter uh, genre or setting for EA. Because Plants vs. Zombies was a fucking phenomenal power defense game. Uh, And then Plants vs. Zombies 2, they just murdered it with the microtransactions and like, oh, well, people don't want that anymore. We'll do a shooter instead. Which I heard the shooter <laughs> was really good until they dumped microtransactions in it and ruined the progression. Yeah, and it's 50 fucking bucks still, right? Yeah. Just, uh, yes, it is funny, it is wacky, but it's not worth that. I mean, if you really want to play it, there is the EA Play, but we'll see how if this comes to Game Pass, right? Yeah. Because EA Play is due to come in the, what, a week or two? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I don't I don't have any more. I had, uh, oh. I got two two porn games. Um, one game that is not in English at all. And then, um, yeah. my other games I had gotten, like, you had also pulled them. So, that's my cue. Yeah, my last one is a VR-only ARPG. Yeah, that's, no. We've been not doing VR only. If it has a VR support, that's one thing, but... Right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, overall, not a bad queue. I mean, I definitely got some that I think you uh, wanted instead. But perhaps vice versa. Okay. I mean, I still got... I had seven in my queue. That's a pretty pretty good queue for me. Well, eight with one... Uh, well, two avoids. Right? I mean, that's yeah. uh, an abysmal queue for me these days, right? Yeah, but you've got usually a, a full queue. Or close to it, right? But to be fair, yeah, uh, with EA stuff coming uh, back to Steam, we're going to see a lot more of those popping up for probably the next month or two. And, I, oh boy, this is going to be mean, but I would say a good chunk of EA's catalog, at least for me personally, is a hard pass for one reason or another. 
if not marker transactions, uh, it's a genre I'm not interested in. And if it's not that, it's a dead game because it had a multiplayer focus and it's, you know, several years past release. And the, you know, the only ones that are remaining are the, those hardcore players that will absolutely own your ass. So, yeah. Or it's just absurdly expensive. See, Plants vs. Zombies, right? It's hard to justify a $50 shooter these days to me. Never mind the fact that, you know, it's also going to be loaded with microtransactions and everything else. It's hard to justify most games at $50 to me these days, regardless. Never mind 60 and 70 now? Yeah. Well, the thing is that we're cheap asses. Connoisseurs. Frugal gourmets. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. So, Rage... Why don't you uh, hit him with the socials? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You could see me tweeting out uh, once again over at Gaming CR. Or you could be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist on Twitter at JMA4707. Or you can be my friend on Steam by sending a friend request to JArthur4707. That's me. And if you wish to let me know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is coffee beans. <laughs> coffee beans. Nice. Well, I've little been, pre-show reference. Yeah, well, I've been munching on on and off, and I haven't had for the past hour, and I'm starting to feel the effects wear off. Yeah. I'm starting to get pretty sweepy as well. I've I've been munching on cough drops the whole time. Well, I may have uh, half choked on a, like a shard of coffee bean at one point. I've been, uh, I have a package of chocolate covered uh, coffee beans and one shattered and went down my uh, throat uh, the wrong way so yeah that's some editing for jared to never do so you'll hear me hacking and coughing for about a minute <laughs> indeed you will because you're a lazy ass i know that's Absolutely. not you being frugal <laughs> i'm being frugal with my effort yeah but that means that you actually use it somewhere at some point I do, to figure out what the optimal strategy is in Battletech or some other spread spreadsheet simulator game that I'm playing. Yeah, is it, uh, I know it's attributed, I think, to Henry Ford a lot of times, but to find the most efficient way to get a job done, give it to a lazy person? Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know who said that quote. Or something I, similar I to it. But yeah, uh, so going all the way back to the top. Once again, you can contact us via podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or just tweet them to us at VGLpodcast on the Twitter. Or if you wish to hit our Discord, you can find a link over at vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the RSS feed, show notes, links to all our stuff, or you can find us on the podcatcher of choice if you used to spread the love. And we wish to once again thank our lovely, lovely patrons for making this madness possible. We can find out more. Patreon.com slash VGL Podcast. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Key music is Jubilee Doo. Uh, also by Kevin McLeod. Both can be found at Computech.com and. As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye bye now. See you next time. Bye bye.